Welcome to Science Radio, a space where we chat about culture, belief, wellness, and current events, all through the lens of faith. Welcome back to Science Radio. I'm your host, Jesse Herford, and it is great to be with you for another episode. Now, today on the show, I have something really special to share with you. In the July issue of Science of the Times magazine, there's an article called Benita's Story, Searching for Connection, Finding Life. And I won't give away the contents of the article But we're going to be peeking behind the curtain a little bit because this article comes from a story that Benita shared with us a few months ago. And as is the case a lot of the time when we receive stories from people, we have to cut them down a little bit so that they can fit within our usual word length for the magazine. Unfortunately, what does sometimes happen when we do that is you lose a lot of the, the details, some of the, um, the asides, the sidetracks that really flesh out the story and make it special. The good news is that today we are going to be hearing the full story as Benita tells it in her own words. Um, she was really generous to, to share this with us and to allow us to use it. It's a story that she uh, originally shared with uh, a local church congregation. So you're not going to be hearing my voice throughout the rest of this podcast. You will be hearing Benita's voice as she shares her experience. So, if you enjoy what Benita has to say in this podcast episode, I'd encourage you to pick up the July issue of Science of the Times magazine. You'll be able to read her story in print as well as many other amazing stories this month. But for now, enjoy Benita's story. struggles. But I feel that in my life looking back, I can see clearly the way God has worked and sustained me so that today I could be here to share with you how connection to Jesus brings life in more ways than one. I also believe if we all look back now, we can see that there has definitely been divine intervention where things happen that we just can't explain. I can imagine that everyone in this room has many struggles that they have faced or are still currently facing. But I trust that today God will speak to your heart and will show you the way that he has worked in my life and has brought me to life through connection to him and that connection is key to life. So I grew up in a very big blended family. Now we all had a lot of love for each other, but from my own brokenness, I felt lonely, but I was still very dependent. These feelings started at the age of five when my mother suddenly passed away. A lot of us would have childhood memories that bring joy to our hearts, playing on the swings, swimming at the beach and having wild adventures in your very own backyard. These types of memories I remember vaguely as one just seemed to override the rest. And that was my mother's passing. This is something I struggled with a lot 
throughout my teen years as I felt a sense of jealousy towards those who were able to go home and be with their mothers. When we moved to Dad's place, the house was full of kids. There was a range from about the youngest being three to the oldest being 14, roughly seven in total. So in amongst all the basic things that need to be done in a house, plus children going to different schools, plus not having a car big enough to fit us all, our parents also had to cater for each individual's needs. Some needed attention more than others, and it seemed that I was one who didn't need a lot at this age. But I desperately wanted and needed to be connected. This situation often made me feel as though I wasn't loved. And the older I became, the more self-absorbed I was. I constantly looked at the way I was missing out, the way I wasn't feeling loved. I was drowning in my own self-pity that when high school came, I was looking for every distraction I could find. I pushed myself into situations where I would receive love through friends, boyfriends, or even friends' families. Anything to gain connection with someone in some way. I wanted so badly to fix the brokenness inside me that I thought stemmed from my family, that I completely cut them off and invested my life into others who may or may not even have wanted what was best for me. Isn't that just so tragic? Casting blame onto others to ignore the problem that really needed fixing, which was myself. Does this sound familiar to you? It is just instinct to cast the blame. You can see it everywhere. Children do it. Teenagers do it. Adults do it. I mean, even I still do it. And nothing has changed. Even from the beginning of time, one of the first things humanity ever did was set blame on each other. Genesis 3, verse 12 and 13. Then the man said, the woman whom you gave to be with me, she gave me of the tree and I ate. And the Lord God said to the woman, what is this you have done? The woman said, the serpent deceived me and I ate. It's just too easy to cast the blame. And don't you think it's interesting that the blame set in immediately after there was disconnection from God? Once I got a little older, around 16, 17, I really began to sink into depression. I was starting to binge drink to the point beyond remembering. I was taking days off school, off work, just so I could drown in my problems a little further. After high school, I moved away to be with a boyfriend of mine. And our relationship was forever off and on, and he was dealing with the same problems that I was. So this didn't last long. But I left everything. I left my job, my car, my friends, my family, and I felt completely isolated because of my own illness that was preventing me from moving forward. I went to a doctor about my problems, where he just prescribed me some antidepressants. But nothing took away this mix of feelings, loneliness, and becoming obsessed with all the post-traumatic memories I had ever had, crying, poor me, poor me. 
Then came on my first of many intentional overdoses. This one was only mild. In hospital, I was kept in for observation overnight and a psych analysis through teleconference and I was good to go the next day. But it was just one week later, Australia Day 2019, and I was an emotional mess, feeling conflicted about what to do, missing everyone back home and having no spirituality, yet so badly desiring to be connected to love in some kind of way. Mixed my drinking with my depression and I was just an absolute train wreck. I can remember the day well, started off nice, but got worse as the day went on. I ended up crying in a ball at the end of my bed, wanting out of everything this life had to offer me. I stared at the pills all across the floor, I'd say about 100 in total. My face was drenched in my tears and I looked up to the sky and I said, God, if you were really here, please, please show me because right now I need you. I took all the tablets. I was rushed to the hospital about half an hour later when my vision went fuzzy and I could no longer hear. The next thing I remember was waking up in the hospital, surrounded by doctors and nurses asking if I knew where I was. I said, of course I know where I am, but it turned out I didn't. During the night, I was airlifted to Canberra Hospital and now I really was alone, not knowing what happened to me, where anyone was and what was going to happen to me. All I knew was something bad had happened and my dad and his wife were driving 10 hours to come and see me. It wasn't until a couple of days into my stay that I learnt the extent of my overdose. The pills I had taken were actually for slowing the heart down. The amount that I had taken slowed my heart down to the point it stopped. The nurse told me I had a cardiac arrest. I couldn't believe what I heard. I was upset, confused, but I was also praising God in that moment that I was still alive. You know, it's amazing the way God works through others. It was a miracle I survived, but not only that, the reason I survived is just crazy. Picture this, someone's heart stops beating and all the nurses say, that's it, she's gone. But one nurse pushes to the front and she says, no, she can't be. Prayer requests go out at this time and she administers CPR and my life is saved. This woman was a Seventh-day Adventist woman whom I'd never met, but I did know the rest of her family from this one time I went to church and I worked with her daughter briefly. And I believe she must have had the strongest impression from God that my life was not over. I was just so thankful in that moment that this lady was connected to God. My whole attitude changed from that moment. I could clearly see that God is real and that he cares about me. It was at this moment that I knew for the first time in my life that I was 100% receiving love. No longer did I need to look to others for it because that love was right there with me. I was fully known and yet fully loved.
This was just the beginning of something so special. Right at that very moment, I knew I had a fire in my heart and I wanted to become connected to him. John 15 verse 5, I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit, for without me you can do nothing. The reason I was depressed, the reason I was slowly killing myself, was because I was not connected to the vine, to the life source. I wasn't connected to Jesus, and without Jesus, we can do nothing. We cannot survive. I was then discharged from hospital, and I went to a small group Bible study with about 10 others. And the particular study happened to be Who is God and what is he like? We were all in a circle, taking turns reading, and it came to my turn. And the verse I was called to read, still my favourite verse to this day, Isaiah 41 verse 10. Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand was at that moment I cried, not just a little tear, but full tears. It was just confirmation for me. It was God telling me that he is the one that saved my life and that I needed to become connected to Jesus. Once I was back in Grafton, I was stuck in my Bible, studying and reading. But I never had much experience and had no background knowledge whatsoever. This was when I was given the number for the Bible worker in Grafton at the time, which so happens to be my husband now. Upon receiving his number, I texted immediately, and from then on, Greg and I were studying studying twice a week together. I always looked forward to the studies as my eyes were opened and truth was revealed to me. I became more and more connected to God. Everything was making sense. God was continually showing me his love, opening my eyes to his word. My relationship with him was growing so fast and the devil knew this. He sought to take me out again and again and he got me at my weak point. Another overdose. But by the power of God, my life was once again preserved. In 1 Peter 5.8, we are told to be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. God never, never gives up. Even when you give in to the devil like I did, he is still there calling you to him. God wants to be connected to you. The Bible tells us that he will never leave us nor forsake us. Jeremiah 31.3 The Lord has appeared of old to me, saying, Yes, I have loved you with an everlasting love. Therefore, with loving kindness, I have drawn you. As God drew me in with that loving kindness, I felt that everlasting love 
and was reconnected. After a while, I was ready for baptism and there couldn't be any better person to do it than the one who showed me the way, the one who helped my relationship with God grow, which was Greg. After giving my life wholly to Jesus, after feeling so loved, I was able to give love to others. To those whose relationships I had broken, I was now able to mend. You know, when you truly grasp the idea of God's love for you and you can feel that you're completely loved, you naturally want to pour that love out onto others. I desperately wanted to fix what I had broken with my family. To love them as God desires for us to love everyone. And God was able to restore these broken relationships. And now I have become more connected with my family than I have ever been. And God has just kept blessing me, blessing us. Two weeks after my baptism, Greg and I were engaged. Four months later, and we were married. We weren't rich in money, but we had true wealth in God. We were surrounded by amazing people who supported our journey and we were blessed by paying practically no money for our engagement party and wedding because of the generosity of the family of God around us. In your life, you know, God uses those who are around you to bless you. God did it in my life and I didn't always see it. But because of the way he works through others, we gain the richest the richest blessings. God was there with us every step of the way. Every decision we had was prayerfully made. And because of this, it was just so clear that God was leading in our lives and our marriage. When we were struggling, a major miracle would just happen. And we couldn't explain it besides the fact that God was just working so abundantly in our lives. A month after we got married and we were expecting. And I always desired to have a little family of my own. And now it was really happening. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. Ask we did, receive we did. From every little thing to every big thing. Right down to the type of car that we wanted. God knew what we desired and he gave it to us. The connection with God changes your attitude towards materialistic things and we can be content with the things that we have. But sometimes God chooses to bless us with more so that we can use it for his glory. A few months into our marriage and the house we were living in was put up for sale. This was so stressful on us but also a blessing in disguise. I was pregnant, we had no money and no clue what we were going to do. So we prayed. We had people coming through our house multiple times a week. I was struggling with my tired, tiredness so much while um, pregnant and I was constantly cleaning to upkeep the house. The house was sold two months later and within our last two weeks of our lease, we still didn't have a house. All glory be to God because he had one lined up for us. We were approached by the real estate agent who was um, selling the house, stating that he had just bought a house and he would love for us to be tenants. 
All we had to do was look at it, and if we wanted it, it was ours. We were content with what we had, but God blessed us with more. Ephesians 3.20 Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly, above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in us. You know, sometimes you may think, where is God in all of this? Just to realize that God uses your struggles and the things that cause you stress to actually bless you with more than you already had. God has a plan for all of us, a plan for me and a plan for you, a plan for everyone in this room. He is constantly calling us to Him. And if you haven't felt that, consider this one now. God desires a relationship with you, just as He did with me. Jesus just wants to be connected with the very ones that He has created. And through the cross, that connection has been made available. All the miraculous things that have happened in my life Declare that great love he has, that connection he desires. I am the happiest now than I ever have been. Having been brought to life both physically and spiritually, I am forever thankful. God did this for me and he can do it for you too. He wants to do it for you. God never pushed me, never forced me. He was a complete gentleman in drawing me to Him. But because of His great love, His everlasting, never-changing love that He had for me is the reason why I am here today. God is the same for you too. He is gently drawing you to Him with His unfailing love. You are fully known yet fully loved. He wants to take all those stresses, burdens, and things that are weighing you down. And He wants to bless you so abundantly. God is calling you today to a connection that brings life. My life was depressing and I felt there was nothing to live for. I died. But God changed everything. He completely turned my life around and made me whole. I now have everything I have ever wanted. I am married. I am no longer depressed. Every day is a blessing. Even our daughter was a blessing. Things may not have went completely right there. And yes, we did nearly lose her. But we did not need to fear because God was with us. We never need to fear because we know that God is in control. We still go through troubles and the devil still tries to bring us down, but we do not need to fear when we are connected to the one person who will never leave us. He is waiting for us all to come completely to him so that he can give us everything he has ever promised. From every little thing to every big thing. John 10 verse 10. The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. The thief that is the devil, he stole 
many things from me. How much has he stolen from you? The thief absolutely destroyed my life. Is he destroying yours? The thief came and he killed me. He literally killed me. Is he killing you today? But Jesus, who only ever did good and only ever will do good, he came to save me. Me. He came and died so that I could live. Someone who never sinned died for a born sinner. Jesus brought me to life and he gave me a new life, not just an ordinary life, but a life filled with so much abundance of love and thankfulness. Do you feel as though you are alone? Are you losing your connection? Do you feel like you're being attacked? Do not fear because Jesus is with you and he wants to help you. The giver of all, the saviour of the world desires connection with you. The question today is do you desire to be connected with God? Because connection brings life. This episode was based on an article appearing in this month's Signs of the Times magazine. A print subscription is $28 a year or just $14 for a digital subscription. To find out more, visit signsofthetimes.org.au.